Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sometimes Funny Podcast. 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 This is Maddie P. Ronnie G. It's time, motherfuckers! Hey guys, so we're back. We welcome, back. welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, we missed last week. Uh, we had some shit to do and we couldn't really coordinate schedules, but and we apologize. We'll try not to do that again. I know uh, y'all are hanging on our every word, so <laughs> I'm glad that uh, that we made it back. And uh, so there's a lot of shit to cover, so let's go get in it. What do you think, Ronnie? There's a lot going on, man. Sit back and enjoy the ride. We are at war, guys. <laughs> what we think. Or potentially at war. Who knows? I don't even think Trump knows at this point. Uh, yeah, we bombed Syrian, a Syrian air base. But first, Trump told... This was the uh, timeline of events. Trump told Putin, who told Syria, to clear out this, the air base. And then we bombed it. And then we told Congress, like right before, I don't know. That's kind of weird, don't you think, that that we're telling our Russian supposedly nemesis, you know, that we're going to bomb here before we're telling our own Congress. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't consult with Congress, by the way, guys. We told Congress this is what we're doing. <laughs> well, I don't know who we is. Trump. Trump didn't tell <laughs> Congress. He just... Well, he didn't consult with them, should I say. He just told them, hey, this is what's going on. And then it happened. Yeah. And, I mean, it, I'm torn because I don't know necessarily if that's going to do anything. I think he was just trying to show an act of strength. But um, hopefully it doesn't escalate. But I kind of think that this is all kind of a a uh, a detour from what's going on. You know, it's a sleight of hand. Like, oh, look, I do this force, forceful act against Syria, which is allies with Russia. Therefore, uh, me and Putin aren't close. We don't have these secret ties. And um, meanwhile, you know, he told him basically first that he was going to do it. And, you know, I think ultimately they're gonna, there's going to be an escalation of, you know, wartime. Or fake wartime, and then then all of a sudden, Russia's gonna like play nice, and then we're gonna lift the sanctions on them, which it seems like that's what Trump's been doing, trying to do since day one, and he's been looking for a reason to do that, or a way to do that. Yeah, and then it's just so contradictory to everything that we have going on within our own country as far as Trump goes, because there's issues with uh, Flynn asking for immunity and at the point that he's asking for immunity he's basically made it known that there is something that if it were to come out it could incriminate not only him but other people so he wants to not be incriminated additionally Trump has whatever problems that he has with uh, fights within his own uh, party within the Republicans they couldn't pass that law or the new bill for health care. American health care. And they couldn't get uh, any Democrats on their side. Additionally, it appears that 
whatever he was trying to place on uh, President Obama as far as wiretapping, that's pretty much falling on deaf ears. It's just so much that's pointing to him in a negative light that, oh, yeah, why not go do this? And this will take some of the attention off of what Americans are looking at within my house and make me look like I'm, I'm great because I'm coming to these people rescue, which, by the way, are some people who he talked bad about. And I don't know. I can't quote anything specific, but I do know that they were one of the countries he didn't even want in the United States. Now, all of a sudden, you care that much about what they have going on that you come into their rescue. Come on, dog. Give me a break, man. Yeah, it just seems kind of like a secret ploy. But uh, I'm keeping my mind open as I try to do because those people are suffering in Syria. And something has to be done, whether it's the UN or the United States or whoever. You know, um, it just sucks because you don't want to start another you know, perpetual war in the Middle East because we started one of those 15 years ago or two of them 15 years ago and we're still fucking there. But at the same time, you know, they live under a dictatorship that's using chemical weapons against them. So at a certain point, we do have to be, you know, Obama said in a couple of years ago, if Assad crosses that red line and uses chemical weapons on its own people, then we're going to step in. And unfortunately, he didn't actually go through with that because he was hoping that Assad, Assad won it, but he didn't want to get brought into a war and potentially a, thir- a World War Three, you know. So it's, it's fucking complicated, and who knows what's really going on. I think only tr- Trump and Putin and maybe Assad understand actually what's going on. I think only Putin understands what's going on, and I think that Trump is his puppet, and I just hope that whatever it is that is going on behind the scenes, it doesn't come back and bite us in the butt too negatively, because there are some countries who are happy about the decision that we made, but there's also some who are kind of side-eyeing us right now, Right. and the last thing that we need to do is cause... A high, a high attention than that we already have with with different countries, because we again we got enough going on within the United States and the laws and bills that we're trying to pass and the things that we're trying to get understood amongst one another to be going into a whole war, you know. Yeah, our infrastructure is fucking crumbling. We saw Atlanta's bridge collapse for no apparent reason. Did you see why? Yeah, actually, somebody had started a fire, and it burned so good, or the infrastructure was so bad, that that's what actually resulted in the in that collapse. And they actually have the person, and they've charged them with arson and everything. Oh, really? But even with that, like, that's that still speaks terribly to us, even if it's nothing suspect going on. That that shows how terrible our roads have been built and how quick we're just throwing throwing buildings and throwing roads up without even making sure that they're, they're in the proper care and meeting the proper regulations that they should for people to be safe on those. Or maintaining them. Yeah, and maintaining them too. That's what sucks about engineering. Like a lot of shit you have to you have to put a lot of money in maintaining shit. And that money never gets seen. You know, you only see it when it's not there. And so to put a lot of money 
from our budget into projects of maintain maintenance and um, just making sure things are up to code. Like if like take Flint's water crisis right now with the lead pipes, it it you know it would cost about sixty million to strip all of their metal pipes out and do it again. And it's hard to get that money because, well, it, it's not hard now that they have a crisis, but before it's hard to go and strip that money because you don't have a problem. But how hard Inherent. is it to get that money? Because we spent, I'm sure, and I don't know specifically, but I'm sure just guessing, we spent that amount, amount of money plus more bombing Syria. Yeah, I think it was like ninety to one hundred and ten million we spent in just missiles alone. And Flint is not something we, that's new going on. It was like sixty Tomahawk missiles each, like one point five mil a piece. Yeah, and that that makes me mad for a show, just an act of strength. Yeah, so we can have other countries look at us a certain way when in our own house we got all kind of crap going on, and that's what they have going on out there is not safe. In my previous job, we were running um, different little um, acts that we could do to be helpful where we were flying in bottles of water. And when I say bottles of water, I mean like cases by the airplane load of yeah, water for tons those people. And tons of water. Because they couldn't drink it, they couldn't bathe in it. And they those two things alone boil down to so much more. They couldn't brush their teeth in it, they couldn't cook food with it, they couldn't. You know, clean dishes. They couldn't do nothing with that except water. Except shitting it. Yeah, except <laughs> for that, and which further contaminates the water. And hope it real, doesn't. Hope it doesn't get up your butthole. <laughs> yeah, and like now, turn around. What's happening in Syria? Which my heart definitely goes out to them. I don't think that what's going on should be going on. Yeah, fuck it. But son. you're that upset with what's going on in another country, yet you haven't addressed what's going on right here in your own home country. It falls back to what I always say with this stand woke stuff. Dude, I don't need you to make a statement to other countries about what you're going to do because I'm not a representative of another country. I'm a part of this one. And as easy as that shit is happening in Flint, that shit could start happening down here where we are right now. So, I mean, you know, kudos. Yeah, and it is, actually. Like, our pipes are full of contamination. I think, actually, where we are in Texas... They actually refuse to actually get the regulation tests done because they know that they're going to fail. So they just decided not to do it. And, yeah, and our fucking bridges are falling apart. And that speaks to, you know, the Democrats and Obama, um, they did a lot of, you know, I don't want to say a lot of shady shit, but it seemed a lot of times that their priority priorities weren't towards you know the lower class or middle class they were to the elites but they did try to get you know infrastructure passed but it was getting blocked by republicans which are now in charge and what's weird now is trump and the republicans are trying to get an infrastructure bill passed uh, and hopefully they do because we need it and that's something that i hope most people can rally rally on you know not only just infrastructure but it's also a great way to employ people and have good jobs and it's just how are we the richest fucking country in the history of the united states and we can't even keep up with our roads and piping which is like number one in government responsibility behind military that's how we are the richest country 
because we don't keep up with our roads and with our infrastructure and with the health and well-being of people because we're selfish. And until it becomes a situation that has to be addressed, we don't address it. That Flint thing had been going on. The governor had knew upward of like five years. The governor had knew. The governor had knew longer than that because there was some car dealerships that had not left yet. But the water that they used when it came to the maintenance of the products that they sold and everything, those products started to like rot and things like that. And so as a result of that, they did their own independent research. And what they found out was that that water wasn't was contaminated and wasn't up to par with how water should be. It had too much lead in the water. It had too much lead in the water. And so and they, they pulled out of the cities. And when they pulled out of the cities, they made it known to the government, this is the reason that we're pulling out. They knew that. But until it became something that started affecting people where it became national news and it became something that they couldn't sweep under the rug, they were okay with it. And yeah. so, you know, us being one of the richest countries or being the richest country, whatever, that's awesome. But when you look at it on the inner surface, it's disgusting because we are that because we are selfish and greedy. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, we are selfish and greedy, but we're the richest country because we have the most wealth. We yeah, just wealth don't. Wealth is the result of people being selfish and greedy, man. No, I mean. You can have a higher tax bracket and still be the richest country. It's just we choose not to fix this shit. Instead, get tax breaked. You know? They're selfish and they're greedy. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and and we're, Trump's trying to pass laws in his budget that are going to, and his health care, which are only going to benefit the top one half of a percent in this country. You know, and it's just really, motherfuckers, how many tax breaks? Y'all are playing an actual real tax of like 13% or less. And we're going to cut it even more because... Because what? Like, you're, you're going to need your roads to fucking drive on. You know? What if, what if that... What if the next bridges collapse is on fucking New York Avenue? Or wherever, Madison Square Garden, or whatever, you know, Hollywood yeah, that's, Hills. That's creepy for me, being a native of St. Louis, because for my metropolitan area, main, mainly our people work in the St. Louis area, coming from Illinois in that little area, and it's the bridges that commute us from Illinois to St. Louis area. And the only way you can get from Illinois to St. Louis is to cross the bridge, the bridges, there are several of them, but each one of those bridges are over the Mississippi River. So just like that bridge collapsed in Atlanta and those people fell down to the lower level of the bridge. Did anyone die? I'm not sure. Okay. But just like that, that happened, if a bridge in St. Louis was to collapse, all of those cars and people are going down into the Mississippi River. Right. And, I mean, you've just subjected people to dying and to being majorly injured for no reason other than, you know, you didn't look into what could have best been done. And this, although I'm not a Trump supporter or nothing, this is not even a shot at him. This is a shot at America just in general or whatever because he don't got no control 
over these highways. And he just came in the office. So if we're going to look at any president, we're going to have to look at past presidents when it comes right. to that. But just in general, as, as our country and as what we stand for and who we are and everything, we have to focus on what's important in-house first. Yeah, we will. Uh, and, yeah. Apparently there was a new Bill O'Reilly scandal. Did you see that? There was a, yeah, Bill O'Reilly got some stuff going on with... Um, advances and um, actions that he's done towards women that they didn't um, agree with and that they didn't consent to. And as a result, he Fox has been losing major um, funding from people who advertising. were advertising for them, you know, in support of him. And, I mean, it's been big people. It's been like Mercedes. It's been like... Um, other big companies, uh, ABC and other companies like that that support them, they've been pulling out. And for me, these bills, you're in a bad place if your name is Bill. <laughs> just like Bill Cosby, man. Like, I think at the point that several women come out and say something like this, everybody ain't lying. There yeah. may be somebody who's, like, just jumping on the bandwagon, but everybody ain't lying. Right. Exactly. Just like, uh, what's his name? Oh, Pudding Goose. Yeah, Bill Cosby, yeah. <laughs> Somebody ain't lying on your butt now. Right. And at some point, you got to take responsibility. And I think the Bill O'Reilly thing is so like, what the F to me? Because when he talks about things that are going on with current affairs, like... He has supporting information, but he talks so hard about, like, being for or being against something. And all along, like, you doing this, like, bullcrap to these women that they're not consenting to. Like, dude, based off of the way you talk alone, I assume that you know what's right as opposed to what's wrong with, with what you're doing. Yeah, and I saw that Trump actually um, came out in defense of him. Like, his first act of his self-declared... Uh, women abuse month or domestic violence month uh he supports bill o'reilly in his sexual allegations and says that from a new york times article it says that um there's been a total of five women who received payouts for a total of around 13 million dollars so he's had to pay 13 million dollars to shut five women up and he's quick to address a lot of things that go on within in news on his show, he's quick to address them. He hasn't addressed this situation at all. Of on course show. not. And that's amazing to me. Like this dude, but this is the same dude who was accused a few years ago of beating his wife in front of his kids. Yeah. So at that point, like, how highly do we really think of him, and how true do we think anything that he is going to say is going to say about things that happen behind? Well, he loves to get on his high horse on his show and. And say, but he's he's just a fucking douchebag, and the only people are watch him are sixty five plus, you know. So, hey, with other people though, they they're making Fox some money because, to my understanding, that's the reason that Fox hasn't dropped his show because his show brings in so much revenue to that uh, that station. That dropping his show, it would even with the money that's been paid out both by him and through 
uh, you know, the ratings and the contributions that they've lost because of him, they would still be in a worse place than they would be just by keeping them on or whatever. Yeah, and he, uh, yeah, he's been the number one news night nighttime network guy for like the last six years or something, um, which just is ridiculous. But, but um, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Don't watch the show. That's all I can say, listeners. I hope you don't watch the show because nothing he says is anything of importance. You can find it on a website called, you know, whatever. Yeah. You don't have to watch his, you know, partisan ass. And that goes for all cable TV. Like, I don't understand why people watch cable TV uh, news anymore because it is so corporate run. Like, you don't get any information. All you get is, like, conflicting information, you know? And it's all one-sided. Yeah, depending on what network you're on. Uh, And their job is not to inform you. It's to entertain you. And uh, I've turned out or tuned out of all of that. I used to be addicted to watching news every night. I would first put on MSNBC, then CNN, then Fox News. I just was was that information, uh, like... like I was like the cookie monster for information. News, 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 But um, yeah, and I eventually decided like I'm actually gonna go where the actual investigative journalism is. So I, I try to stay to like AP News and uh, New York Times, Washington Post, um, stuff like that. The Economist. I have a subscription to The Economist and a subscription to New York Times and then read Washington Post. And um, they've been doing a really good job. You know, the last couple of years, they've really stepped up their game as probably the number one newspaper in the country. So, um, yeah, if people have a hard time finding legitimate sources, you're going on the wrong places. You know, like there are journalists that exist that are very good. You just go out, you got to go out and find them. And sometimes that's even on Twitter. You know, I think just a simple Google search will, will lead you to some, you know, really good journalism, but you have to stay away from sites that, you know, are trying to trick you or trying to convince you of stuff that seems hard to uh, grasp, you know? Yeah. And even, even then hashtag alternative news, (laughs) It's a result of you being interested in finding out the facts and not finding out what strikes your emotions. And I feel like that's the problem not only with the rest of America, but with myself. We'll read an article or we'll read a headline and it'll it'll reel us in because it sounds so interesting. And then we'll read, read what that journalist or that writer said and we'll just run with that. Whereas, you know, you got to look at what all of the facts about the situation could be. And while what this journalist said may be relevant, or and it may even be some truth to it, you got to be willing to look into what other information is out about that. A different source. And cross-source. Take it yeah. in for yourself and figure out, okay, this is what I've taken in. This is what I understand about the situation. And this is what I accept to be true or not be true. But people listen to one major headline that you know some marketing uh major went to school for to grab people's attention right and once they grab your attention they have you wrapped up you so wrapped up in what you just read 
that you refute to believe what else could be an alternative fact or what else could be, you know, the truth about that same situation. So we got to we gotta do our due diligence at that also. As citizens, we have to. We, In order to have a, a prosperous, a successful democracy, you have to have an informed citizenry, citizenry, uh, and that takes effort. And unfortunately, you know, it's I would say about half the country right now is not even capable of that because they don't know how to, they didn't get the education required to be able to take information and boil it down to see if it it holds up. You know, they just read it and. Bah, I believe. <laughs> this is what I feel, this is what I think. And then the internet, too. Because today I was looking at stuff on the internet about travel that I have planned and that I have planned for my family within the next few months. And after I looked at a few things, everything that was a random pop-up, whether it be on a website or just a pop-up in general, it was about the traveling that I was going to do within the next uh few months or whatever mm-hmm. I have planned. And that's the same thing if I've been looking at some serious stuff on the internet, but for whatever reason I want to check out when the next pair of Jordans is coming out or I check out, you know, some kind of cool little um, game or something that I'm interested in, the internet will take that information and it'll saturate my computer with showing me that junk. Yeah. So it's like, when, oh, you want this? Yeah. Or- and when people I'll are give looking you at this. certain bullcrap, <laughs> uh, as far as like one-sided news, the internet, the cookies, and the search history and all that stuff, it's gathering that. And then it knows to just saturate your computer with that. So then you don't even have the option. And blindly, you don't even realize that that's what's going on. But you don't even know to look for any alternative facts because everything that's popping up is popping up based off of what would just stroke your emotions. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's, it's just a bad situation, man. And with social media, it gets even worse, especially when we're talking about news. I logged into my Facebook for the first time in a long time and actually looked at what people were talking about. Uh, and the first, like, 15 posts on Facebook and on my personal feed were about Trump. Either, you know, what was it? It was talking about the Syria bombing. And it was just interesting how little of actual information that they're spreading Mm -hmm. they're just telling their opinions and that's what we're doing too at the end of the day uh and we're not trying to pretend like we're some higher journalistic and you know have higher journalistic integrity or our pension well my journalistic integrity is pretty high (laughs) yeah yeah but no but you know the reason why we're not posting this stuff on facebook or just you know, blogging about it is because we want it to be an open conversation and we're hopefully going to have some conservative um, people on in the next couple of weeks um, to give their side as well. But we, we want this as conversational as possible and we're not just trying to blare out to the airwaves just hateful messages or just disgust. You know, we're trying to figure out shit trying to figure out where we're going, where we need to go, uh, what went wrong, you know? And so hopefully we can get some of those people on the next couple of weeks to help um, clue us into their side and um, help broaden our 
all of all of our um perspectives you know yeah exactly man and that goes for you the listeners too if and when you hear something that you don't agree with or that you feel or think differently about feel free to write us you know write us or contact us on one of the social media yeah, outlets tweet that us. we have and let us know you know this is what we're thinking and we'll be more than happy to acknowledge what you're saying. Yeah, you don't have to be a troll about it. You don't have to be a douche about it. I mean, you can if you want to. We might get a good laugh at you. But uh, you can you can honestly, we'll engage you back. Uh, and we'll try to be as kind and polite if you have a different perspective. Because we, we know that the whole point of this podcast is, uh, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but for me, it's to start talking about some of this hard stuff um, that's been bugging me in a constructive, long-form format so so real substance can be found. And most of it might be, you know, jokes and just ramblings, but I'm sure there are some good golden nuggets that we can take away from these conversations, not just our podcast, but podcasts in general are just a great source of information because it's long-form and you're able to weigh the pros and cons of each side of the argument. Exactly. So definitely let us know what you're thinking about that, guys. Um, another thing that happened in the news is kind of lighter, <laughs> and maybe it might not be, but that's different from what went on with Trump and what's going on with Bill O'Reilly is the recent fallout that uh, the world had when it comes to that Pepsi commercial. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, I'm just wondering, what do you think about that, man? Well, I, I, I was kind of late on the bus, I think. I, I just found out that there was a commercial that there's a controversy about. So I went and did my due diligence and bought some Pepsi. No, <laughs> I, uh, I, I went and watched the commercial. I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't see what the big fuss was about, honestly. Like, i tell you the truth, dude. I watched it, and I didn't see it initially, but after I watched it, I watched it online, and after I watched it online, I watched the review online, and I saw what the people whose reviews that I was watching were saying, and I could see where they were coming from, and what they were saying was, with the stuff that's going on right now with the Black Lives Matter and with the women's protests... And we're just protesting the trans bathrooms and protests in general. There's no way that something as simple as a Pepsi would solve whatever their issue is. And while I get what Pepsi was saying, I didn't take it as... What were were they saying? What do you think? I took it as Pepsi saying... Let's come together. They're using themselves as a platform saying, you know, something as simple as a Pepsi, which... In contrast, Pepsi could be as simple as a conversation or as simple as what we're doing, a podcast or something. Could make people understand each other and understand where each other are coming from and figure things out. That's what I took it as. But what it looks like to a person who's not going to look that deep, and they don't have to look that deep. They, they, They don't owe nobody to look that deep. What it looks like is, oh... Yeah, they just shot this little black kid. Yeah, this woman feels like she's what not being treated. What black kid tri- got shot? I'm just saying in general. Okay. They just shot a little black kid or a black person, period. Or a white person. Or, or They just shot a person. And it's not just... They're treating women un- unfairly. It's not justful. 
They're treating transgender people unfairly. It's unjustful. They're treating whoever or whatever unfairly, and it's unjustful. But the conversation is not going to be solved with a Pepsi. And I think that that's where it really hit home because Martin Luther King's daughter had tweeted and she said, I wish my dad would have had a Pepsi when he was doing the marches. That okay, but that was a joke just like the Pepsi commercial was a joke. In, what was in a sense. joke? Like it's, she was saying a joke, right? She was. She wasn't saying a joke. She, she was, was making about her father. She wasn't saying no joke. Well, she she wasn't really saying that she wished her dad had a Pepsi, right? That's exactly what she was. Well, saying. she's she, but she wasn't saying that. She she was saying that um, ironically, right? She wasn't saying that that would solve it. She was, she was saying it specifically in response to what she saw. She was saying that. Based off of this commercial and based off the way that she just interpreted this commercial. Because what happened, <coughs> excuse me, what happened in the commercial, people were, you know, doing the marches and doing the protesting and everything that they were doing. And what it took was the young lady joining the, um, joining it. And through her joining it, she provided that, um, she provided that, uh, Pepsi to the police officer. And through providing that Pepsi to that police officer, everything was over. She was saying, based off of what she knows factually, that was her daddy that was doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have knew, or I wish my father would have knew, all it took was a Pepsi to calm that situation. She wasn't joking or shedding no light to that. She was saying, my daddy went through some shit over this stuff. Yeah. And as a result, I mean, I feel like personally the government has something to do with his death and everything else. But even beyond that, or even tying that together or whatever. That's a whole new episode. If <laughs> they would have had a Pepsi, that would have solved this situation. And No, she's saying that like, you you fucking idiots, Pepsi. Of course that's not going to solve it, right? Yeah, but there's no, no joke about that. Well, <clears throat> okay, whatever you want to call it. But that's what I'm saying too. She wasn't saying that seriously that a Pepsi would solve the situation. She's saying that that's what Pepsi's saying. Right, but that's not what I think. That Pe- I think Pepsi was just saying, like, let's come together. You know, that was my interpretation. And even if they were saying, like, oh, a Pepsi, their whole job is to what? To market and make you want to drink. They're they're just trying to be relevant, right? And that's disrespectful on so many levels <clears throat> because Pepsi is a billion dollar company. And at the point that Pepsi is a billion dollar company, they're paying some good money to people who are the marketers and promoters and everything else. And there's no way that those marketers and promoters are paid the amount of money that they are and looked at that commercial before it hit the stream and said, oh yeah, this is a good idea. I don't blame that Kardashian girl because those Kardashians, to me, are media whores. And they're going to do whatever they can do to get a check and they're going to do whatever they can do to make themselves stay relevant. That little girl, and she's the youngest one out of all of them, if I'm not mistaken. She's following the trend of what she saw her family do before. So she's not wrong. But Pepsi, you have a responsibility. Once you become a billionaire company like that, you have a responsibility. And that's what you choose to do. Well, I just see it differently. That's one of those things that really is just like, who gives a shit what Pepsi's commercial says? It's not, they weren't trying to offend anybody. They were trying to get people to drink their... Yeah, they might have been making, you know, light of it. I don't even think they were. I think they were just trying to, you know, just say come together in their own quirky way. And I, 
personally think that message is a good one. You know, I just think that it's part of that false outrage generation that has spun up from social media that it's like, oh, you think you're making fun of us? Fuck you, Pepsi. And it's just like, they're just trying to sell their damn product, you know, and they're not. They were just trying to stay relevant. They weren't trying to offend anyone. They weren't trying to make light of Black Lives Matter. They were just saying, oh, give, you know, everybody likes Pepsi. Maybe that, maybe we could start with that, you know, and we have common ground there. I don't think that they're going they weren't trying to, say to try a, to offend nobody. And I don't think people right. received it as their goal they weren't to offend them. I don't think that that's what it is at all. But I do think people thought, as I thought once it was pointed out to me, that they didn't have enough good common sense to say that, okay, our product is a good product. People love our product. People buy and deal with our product all of the time. But our product is not a good enough product to solve the situations at hand. Even if it boiled down to something that was like um, children trafficking or trafficking of um, of different cultures from from one area to another or something, I don't think that if I saw that commercial, I would be like, "Oh, they're saying drink a Pepsi." The person who's trafficking them and they won't do that no more. I don't think that at all. But I do also think that. With that commercial, you have to keep in mind that you're branding your product. Just like you said, they're branding it. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're marketing and trying to put themselves out there further. That's totally fine and understandable. But you can't be that naive to say that my product is what's going to stop this. No, and they, whether that's what they meant or not, that's what that commercial did. That commercial stopped with that girl standing in front of the policeman, handing him a Pepsi, then all of a sudden he's in a good mood and you forgot all of the problems that were going on. But there's problems are still there. Have you ever seen that picture? That's what the commercial said. Have, it didn't say that. It didn't straight out say that. It said it gave him a Pepsi and everyone was like, yeah, he's drinking a Pepsi. He's on our side. You know, that's all. And then that's it, what I just said. And then it ends. It doesn't say, oh, now all the problems are over. Everything that, you know, has happened in the past is now done because his officer took a pepsi it was just but through them cheering they said him drinking that pepsi stops what we were marching for but that because then no they cheering with no that's not what it said because in real protest that happens you know there's been a flower uh a girl that stuck a flower in a gun in a protest i forgot but it's a very very famous picture um and there's videos all over the internet of when people are protesting Somebody does something nice to the police officer, and the police officer accepts that act and embraces it. And it's something to be proud of. You know, it's like we we are the same community. We are the same people. You know, we don't have to be divisive on every single issue. You know, and it, those policemen aren't the problem. You know, yeah, they're wearing the suits, and they're regulating the riots, but... In certain certain uh, in certain situations, they are the problem, but in most situations, police officers are not the problem, right? You can agree with that, right? Like we need police officers. There's some good ones and some bad ones. I can't agree with the idea that there are some good ones and there are some bad ones. 
But I can also identify with situations that I'm familiar with, the police being the aggressors. Of course. And what I will say is, based off of them being the aggressors, there was something that took place that resulted in them having to show that aggression. But even at that point, they became the aggressor. Right, 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 right. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying... But I'm saying most police officers are probably decent people, right? And they probably care a lot about a country just like me and you. Just like those actors on that on that fucking stupid <laughs> commercial, just like the people at Pepsi probably care about their country. Just like everyone that lives here wants their children to grow up in a good country. You know, but you gotta understand we got we got to stop so even with that being so you have to understand there's a way that you get that message across and you don't get that message across by making it appear that if I give up and even taking Pepsi out of the situation, if that young lady would have offered a bag of Doritos or if that <laughs> young lady would have offered a cheeseburger or a taco or a omelet, whatever you cannot expect that people are going to receive the idea of her offering that small gesture to that policeman and that policeman smiling as something that's saying, oh, at the point that you buy into this product, then things will be better, even if it's for the time being or if it's for Well, the that's moment. their whole point. That's what every advertiser does. Every advertiser tries to say, you buy this product, your life is going to be better. That's their job to convince you but of that. But this is a different situation. Just because, it's, just because it's planted in reality of our political It's not political. Environment. It's real life is everyday shit, man. Yeah, this, not, this in our environment. This is political. Because this taps into so many different things or whatever. This taps into whatever any group of people get together and decide that they want to protest. Whether it's peaceful protest, whether it's riots, which I don't agree with riots. But under whatever circumstance that people decide that they're going to do a form of a protest. Which is great. I'm not saying. You cannot tell nobody that if I offer you this one little small thing, this is going to change what you're rioting for. No, no, Because what led up to the protest or the riot wasn't one little small of thing. Course. It was a compilation of a lot of things but that that's, got people angry enough to say, I'm a protest or I'm a ride and I'm gonna stand up for this thing. That's a straw man argument. You're building a straw man because that's not what they said. They didn't say, Oh, the world has now changed. They did. It was people from all walks of life. It was Asians out there, it was Hispanics out there, right. it was black people, yeah. it was Caucasian. It was everybody from all walks of life in that protest right. on that commercial. Mm-hmm. So everybody had collectively came together and for whatever reason in their own individual lives that they were fed up for whatever reason they were protesting, that's what they were doing. And what that uh, commercial did, and I love Pepsi. That's one of the main sodas I drink. I love Pepsi. <laughs> Shout out. But what that commercial did in moderation, you know, if at the point that you drink one of these or whatever, you'll have an understanding, you'll you'll gain that peace of mind, you know, maybe all it takes is a Pepsi. And as much as I love Pepsi, I didn't say that though. It's not just gonna take a Pepsi to figure out. Of course, nobody is saying that. Of course, they're not. They're saying that. They're not saying that they're going to solve the world's problems with Pepsi. They're saying generosity might solve it. You know, coming together, not exactly. not they're dividing. Saying, that's why I said I understand where Pepsi's coming from. Right. Then that's something idea, to be celebrate. But that's not what they did, though. And Pepsi's not the platform to do that or whatever. Well, at least they're trying. Yeah. You know, and they're not ignoring shit. 
And they're not just like, oh, the world is great. Ha da 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 da. Here's a Pepsi. You know, they're they're saying, hey, we know the world's fucked up. Maybe some generosity. Maybe maybe seeing you know trying to connect with with the people that are standing against you, finding something in common, whether it's a share of the Pepsi or you know a you know admiration for flowers or whatever you know i just think that we have to if we're gonna really take over if we as in young people that are able to vote my generation if we're gonna take over and be serious about you know starting a new time of peace and prosperity where we're not putting up with some of the baby boomers bullshit we have to stop trying to divide each other and trying to you know attack people that are that are not trying to start shit you know i think what people are doing to pepsi yeah pepsi is a multi-billion dollar company and they who cares if you know people are against them that's not what i'm really talking about i'm talking about people getting outraged for the smallest of small things that do not matter at all. Like because I had to go it's out. Small to you, don't make it small. It okay? I think it's objectively small. Like I, I have been in rallies. I have rallied behind some of my most dear, you know, things. And I am a very passionate person. I'm a very political person, and I try to make a difference, right? And. I don't think if I was black, if I brown, if I was trans, like they weren't trying to do anything except sell a Pepsi. You know, they were. Even That's where I go back to America's greedy and selfish. What you, you literally just said it. They were trying to sell a Pepsi. So for their financial gain, they brought in what they thought was a good idea. Not knocking them for it. Not even said that in this same conversation. I know what their goal was. Their goal was to say something as small as a Pepsi could start a conversation, and that conversation could be what changes everything. I get that. But on a broader scale and at a billion-dollar company, you got to be able to look into what it is that you're promoting, what it is that you're saying that could result in people not receiving yeah. it like you want it to be received. Well, yeah, that's what their executives are saying right now. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody that's got fired. Why I have a problem with them. Like I said, with them Kardashian media whores, they're going to do whatever for a check. But as a multi-billion dollar company, that commercial had to go through so many prompts before it was okay to hit the media. And you mean to tell me it went through all them different prompts and all those different people and everybody was like, oh yeah, this is a good idea. This is We should do this. This is... No, somebody had to have some good common sense, man. Well, I'm sure somebody spoke up, but they weren't listened to. But at the same time, my point is like, who gives a fuck? Like, these people give a fuck. They pulled the commercial. But no do you came up. do you not believe in a thing called false out- outrage, especially by our generation? You think everything that we give a shit about is important and matters? I definitely believe in false outrage, and I definitely believe that we ex- we display that. Way on the red, right? It should be displayed on the red too quickly. Right. But is this I not do a case? feel like even at the point false outrage exists, there are certain things to be outraged about. And right. for of me, course. like I just said, and this may be contradicting. <coughs> when I looked at the commercial, upon looking at it without looking at nobody else's viewpoint or hearing nothing else nobody else had to say, I was like, um, 
I mean, this is a different kind of commercial. I don't know if I'm really rocking with it, whatever. But I wasn't outraged. You weren't offended. Right, but then but you listen. But when people pointed out to me, these are the things that are wrong with it. I'm still not outraged or offended or nothing. But, that's but their I can in- still acknowledge, like, I see where they're coming from, and they do have a very okay. valid point. But that's their interpretation of it. That's not necessarily what it was made for. That wasn't, you know, I can make something, and then people are going to spin it any day they, in any way they want to, right? But when it's a whole group of people that's spinning it, where it's spent it's for you to pull it off of your platform, then doesn't that mean that it really had some relevance to what people were spending? Maybe. In this case, I do not think so. I think this is a classic textbook example of who gives a fuck? Why why do you care about this when there's children that can't drink our water in the United States? You know, it's just silly. It's just silly for... And this is stuff that the baby boomers were actually decent at. You know, they got lightheartedness. They got they got jokes. They got, like... They didn't take every single thing to DEFCON 5. And that's what we do wrong. We're fucking babies. We don't know how to deal with, you know, difference of opinions. And also, we don't know how to deal with, you know people joke joking you know we go on comedians between you joking with your homies and you joking on national tv comedians can't even go to college campuses anymore because there's too many goddamn safe spaces they might they might get boxed in you know like that's a whole nother level dude it's the same thing though that's that's my that's my problem with my generation is that you know freedom of speech is dying because we care too much about what the fuck other people say and we let it hurt our feelings and then we we say you know oh you did me wrong you offended me you must pay you must lose your job you must shut the fuck up but the offense that you're talking about is not an offense that could be interpreted one way or another way the offense that you're talking about is an offense that's a direct reflection of things that are going on right now it's not a reflection of somebody feels some kind of way because they identify with this or that and that are being mistreated. The women's thing, clearly I can't speak to it, but the women I'm watching because as women, they feel whatever. The BLM, they feel some kind of way. The transgender people, they feel some kind of way. The people who are poverty or whatever, they feel some kind of way. This is not a misinterpretation of nothing. This is dead ass I have examples, I have experiences, this has happened, and as a result of these things happening, I feel this way about. I don't disagree that people are, their emotions okay. are stroked about certain shit that they shouldn't be stroked about. I don't disagree with that at all. But I am saying these people who are upset about this, the majority of people making noise about it are people who can directly identify with, yeah, I'm Marx, I know somebody that Marx, so I dealt with, or I know somebody that dealt with these type of situations, and I know how it affected me or how it affected that person. It ain't nothing about, oh, I saw this on TV, and that don't look cool. No, they're they saying how they were affected by this shit. Oh, by a two-minute commercial, they were affected by it. Does that not sound silly to you? It sounds very relevant to me, and I'll <laughs> tell you why. In Ferguson, which is not far from where I'm from, when the bullshit that happened happened with the police and the little guy Mike Brown or whatever, 
people protested. And I'm not going to front like my family or friends was out there. I'm not going to front. Because to my knowledge and in my conversations with my family and friends, they did not go out there. And they didn't go out there because they didn't feel some kind of way. But they didn't go out there because they didn't want to be in those crowds and subjected to whatever could have went on right. as far as violence in right. those crowds. But they were directly there. They couldn't get to work because the highways were blocked off. Right. And they couldn't go to their jobs because their jobs had got burned down. And that was their in community. Those areas or whatever. And what they are saying is, looking at that commercial and based off of what Pepsi was saying, whether they was trying to say it or not, based off of what Pepsi was saying, there's no way that during that situation, somebody could have gave them a Pepsi, gave the police a Pepsi, and the situation would have been over with. There's a picture, and I'll find the picture, and I'll show it to you, and on our social media sites, I'll show it to people. The police had threw some kind of smoke bomb or something at the crowd. Mm-hmm. A guy picked that bottle up and or whatever it, it was, yeah, I saw it. and he threw it back or whatever. At the point that that's what's being tossed back and forth between the people who are supposed to be protecting and the people who are protesting. Right. There's no way somebody would even got close enough to be like, oh, yeah, here's a Pepsi. Let's just talk about this. But why- and even taking Pepsi out okay. of it. There's no way that somebody would have got close enough to be like, here's my open conversation. No nothing. No right, type right. of anything physical. Here's my right. open conversation. Let's talk about this and let's figure it out or whatever. So that's what people are saying. People are saying it's not as easy as there's some kind of materialistic thing or there's some kind of whatever that would solve the issue. And what Pepsi did is said, whether they meant to or not, and I know they didn't mean to, but what they did, the way people received it, was, oh, bam, if I get this Pepsi, we'll talk about it, we'll understand it. Nah, we all wish it was that simple. It ain't that simple, though. Right. Now, I know that it's not that simple, of course. And I know that, but you're only viewing it from that perspective of that, that, okay, well, what, what I mean is... Okay, so this is what people do when you tell a joke in front of an audience. People don't care unless it affects them, it hits them home, right? So there was thousands of different protesters in that commercial, right? Mm-hmm. Pro- protesting each one of their whatever they're passionate about, whether it's Black Lives Matter. It didn't say anything specifically, right? It didn't. And it, so it. But it kind of alluded, oh, this is the Black Lives Matter, uh, Black Lives Matter crowd, or yeah, Black Lives Matter crowd. This is the women's protest. This is the trans protest. This is, you know, it kind of had those groups in the commercial showing that it's everyone, right? But but you viewed it through what you knew and what personally affected you, and that's what the trans person does, and that's what when a comedian tells a joke about a fat lady, that's what a fat lady does, you know, and so. We have to stop policing freedom of speech. And this goes beyond the Pepsi commercial because I don't even like advertisements. I don't watch them. I try not to, you know. Mm -hmm. I I have ad block on my computer. I don't have cable. I try to avoid them at all costs. So it's really a bigger, my argument is about a bigger um, false outrage movement. And it's, we have to stop trying to view it from what we are personally affected by and just try to understand their intent and like are they trying to hurt people here but 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 i don't disagree with you saying but what i will say is are you coming from that place 
because it hasn't affected you. Of course, because I've been I agree. Of with course, what you're I've saying, been affected. But at the point that somebody has said and or done something out loud that you can consciously acknowledge, that's fucked up for them to say that. Have you consciously acknowledged that that was fucked up for them to say that because it affected you or because it was just dead ass fucked up for them to have said it out loud? What I'm saying is sticks and stones. You know, like they're just words. I can't. I'm a white male, so I have my white male privilege, right? Supposedly. And I'll admit that there are privileges of being a white male and I might have it a little easier. But I do have shit that I'm very passionate about, and it, that does affect me. And at the point that you have those things, <clears throat> which of course I do, every human me, does. Can you honestly tell me that somebody hasn't said or did something in respect to the things that you feel passionate about? They've said or done something, and it didn't make you feel some kind of way. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we shouldn't be outraged by commercial. We shouldn't be outraged by jokes. We shouldn't be outraged by if a jo- if a guy makes a joke about a white straight male, I'm not going to be offended even though it, I might have my struggles being a white st- straight male, you know. And that might sound insensitive um to other people that do have, you know, serious problems as I do, you know. I have shit that's wrong with me. I have um my problems you know everybody's problems are their problems right everybody has them uh and i have my shit to protest about which i do and but all i'm trying to do is trying to elevate my generation to a point where we're not bickering about small things that are negligible you know like it's it's negligible if that commercial aired or not, and we're just entertaining ourselves but by the debate. But those small things are the things that are overlooked, which put us in a position where certain people are willing to acknowledge that racism doesn't exist anymore. That's not me. Say, I'm, that's not, I'm not ever saying it that's you. That's I'm, not what I'm saying at all. But I'm telling you, I'm one of those people that think it's a neg- neg- negligible argument, but at the same time, I... I I see all of those struggles, right? But what I'm saying is, and I hear what you're saying, that's not something that is making people be like, that. that is the thing, sorry. That is the thing that's making people be like, racism doesn't exist, sexism doesn't exist, poverty doesn't exist. Um, what what does? doesn't exist. The idea that you should just get over it. Yeah, it's certain stuff that people will say to you or certain stuff that people will do or whatever, and you should just get over it or whatever. Like, you can't take to heart with everything everything that somebody says or everything that somebody does. But there's certain stuff that people will say and there's certain stuff that people will do that you got to call out. You have to call it out. Look, and whether you call it out and you making an argument or whether you call it out and you just consciously acknowledge it, what you said or did, that wasn't right. That wasn't cool. That shouldn't have been done. And until we do that... That's how racism and prejudiceness will continue to exist. Because until we call that stuff out, it'll still be like, oh, well, he cracked the joke about a gay person, but, you know, I mean, that's what people are doing nowadays. It is what it is. Or he cracked the joke but about he, But he also that. joked well, about, okay, this theoretical joke. He also made a joke about straight guys. 
and he also made a joke about black guys and and Native Americans and Latinos, and he also made a joke about women, and he also made a joke about bugs. He makes a joke about everything. That's the point, is that, you know, people get offended what they see and the lives that they leave, but when it comes to other people, they're fine with those jokes. You know, they're if you're a fat lady, you might not care about the straight anorexic jokes that one makes, but when it talks about a fat person, it's like, oh, that's offensive. And that's the problem. It's like, okay, you're in this group, that therefore you are marginalizing me, right? You're marginalizing my cause. But what if they would have just shown a, it would have been a Hispanic protest? Would you be outraged? I can tell you this. I would not be outraged, but what I would be able to do is acknowledge that the same reason that them Hispanic people are pissed off, I understand, and I give them empathy for the fact that they pissed off or whatever. And that's just like some of the other stuff that we've talked about before when certain comments were made, and for me being a black person, I'm like, oh, that's fucked up that they said that. I wouldn't expect nobody else to be as angry or anything else as me. But I would expect the motherfucker to be like, shit, I show you empathy on that. I understand why you as upset as you are. I don't think that a comedian shouldn't be able to crack a joke about all spectrums of shit. That's their job and that's their career. You crack jokes about all spectrums of shit. But what I will say is at the point that I, you, or anybody else check that comedian out, we know that's what the fuck a comedian going to do. They coming at everybody's head. Ain't nobody safe. I'm coming at everybody's head. Pepsi ain't no motherfucking comedian, though. <laughs> right. Neither is anybody in their everyday conversation or whatever. You ain't no comedian. So at that point, you have to safeguard what you're saying and doing, even if you feel like that or whatever. Safeguard? Safeguard. So you're thinking- I couldn't be in no everyday conversation with you right now, and I don't feel any kind of way about nothing that's going on with different races or whatever. I don't feel no kind of way. I fuck with, a, with them all. Right. I'm cool with If I can make you laugh... I can make you laugh and you my homie, whatever. That's the way I look at everything. At the same time, though, I don't have to make you laugh through saying some kind of racial shit. I can make you laugh through just being Marlin and doing some kind of silly whatever type of shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. So at the point that somebody has to make you laugh or make you connect with them through doing something racial or whatever, ain't nothing about that cool. Right. And you can argue that if you want to argue whatever. That's nothing about that that's cool. Because you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Right. So when you're saying that people are too sensitive or whatever, I don't doubt that. And I don't argue that. People are sensitive because I get sensitive about some shit. We were just watching Louis C.K. And the guy made a joke. The first joke that he made, he said a chicken or a duck or something crossed the street. Why did the chicken cross the street? And he said, oh, because the person following him was black. There's nothing about that that I found that was funny. Because you telling me that a chicken that don't even speak English, that don't speak period point blank, crossed the street because it looked back and it saw that it was a black <laughs> person behind him. Everybody under every circumstance like chicken. But yet you put black people into the idea frame of, oh, black people love chicken so much. Don't play me like that, dude. What the? Don't. I, and it's a I can't joke. explain it. It's a joke. It's not a joke to me. But it, it's but it's a joke to him. 
That's the point. Is that why he's telling to him? Because he's he's that's his job. He's literally trying to make people laugh. Hell with that. That's his job to make people laugh. You just said that. It's yeah. His job to make people laugh. Why is it the fact that black people like chicken a joke to him? Because he finds it funny. Right. Yep. But he also. He's Hispanic. He makes fun of white people. He makes fun of himself. He calls himself fat. He makes fun of fat people. He makes fun of everything, you know? So, and, yeah, he, that's, he's literally telling a joke. He's not, he's not on his high horse saying that he's better than black people. He's not saying that there's anything, he made a funny joke about a chicken. First of all, he not Hispanic, he white. No, he's Hispanic. What he said after that joke was he got on the phone with somebody and they had a conversation with him and they said, oh, you're a white guy. Let me do this for you. Let me do that for you or whatever. At the point that that's what follows your storyline. And I crack jokes. I ain't no comedian. I wish I was. If anybody's listening, I do want to be one. You know, <laughs> Inspired. But I'm not a comedian or whatever. But at the point that that's what your whole storyline is, give me a break. People will get mad when they listen to this. I'm not crazy about Kevin Hart. And I'm not crazy about Kevin Hart because the same storyline that Kevin Hart follows all the time is the same storyline that Kevin Hart follows all the time. And while I understand that there is a way that you deliver your punchlines and there is a way that you tell your jokes and everything, I don't feel like every time you open your mouth, I should know... Not necessarily what you're going to say, but the way the storyline is going to flow. I'm not crazy about that or whatever, but that's what he do or whatever. So, bringing that back to Louis C.K. or whatever, and to any comedian or anybody like that for that purpose, at the point that all you can do is crack jokes about that type of stuff or whatever... What's really running through your mind and what is it that you're really trying to say? And at the point that you really got a point that you're trying to get across, get that point across without having to crack that kind of joke. Because why does it boil down to you having to do that? The same thing with comedians like Aerie Spears and the same thing with comedians like, um, I can't remember that guy's name, but he just, uh, Jay Farrow. He just left SNL or whatever. One of the main things that both of them do is they imitate people's voices or whatever. And in imitating people's voices, that's their whole storyline or whatever. I'm all about comedy. I'm all about laughing and stuff. I'm not going to sit up and watch you for an hour and a half. But I'm not going to pay money to hear you imitate somebody's voice for an hour and a half. But then he's not playing to you, right? He's playing to the people that like him. And he got his audience, right? He, you, you can't expect everyone to like your shit. You know, you got to be, you got to find what's funny to you and try to make that funny to everybody else. But you want everybody to not be sensitive to what people right. say. Right. Because they're just words. They're, they're not trying to hurt anyone. They're just telling jokes. They're just an advertisement. Like, let them play to who their audience is without fear of retaliation when they're not trying to attack anyone. But when you put yourself out there, as Pepsi, bringing it all back to Pepsi, when you put yourself out there for everyone to be able to tap into what you said or did or how you display yourself, you put yourself out there and you become susceptible to the response that everybody got. Yeah, but most people think Lucy K is a genius. 
and that he is like a living legend and that he's probably the greatest stand-up right now he's probably in whatever metrics you know you aggregate all of the the surveys or polls he's probably at the top and he probably makes the top dollar you know he has the biggest audiences he sells out his shows in five minutes or less you know a lot of people love him including me i think he's a genius you know i don't doubt that i ain't knocking nobody and i know for a fact that he's a good guy because i've uh you know seen a lot of his shit and and not just seen his stand-up, but like seen his obscure show that he did, you know, all by himself, and how fucked up it was, and and sad, and you know, beautiful, and uh, that nobody watched called Horace and Pete, and I've seen you know all of the interviews that he's done um, and podcasts that he's done that he's talking about just being a regular guy trying to you know. Be the best dad that he can to two young daughters. You know, he's a good guy. He's not the enemy. That's my point. He might say something that might irk you, but if you give him, if you look at his whole full work, you know, and you see that he's not, he's not just picking on black people. He's, he's a comedian. And by definition, their job is to poke fun at people and make jokes and crack jokes and, you know, he's an expert at that. You know, he was saying that he's done it for 32 years. And over those 32 years, I'm sure he said a shit ton of offensive language, you know. And I'm sure he's hit on every single person in this world where if they wanted to, they would be offended by that. Yet the, his followers know that he's just telling jokes and he's just trying to show the world what he thinks is funny. At the end of the day. And I never knocked him for that. I never knocked him for that. He's just trying to get laughs. And there's nothing better than making a crowd laugh. You know, there's no you, there's no better sense of love than that, in my opinion. I know that. I know that for a literal fact. Because that's the way that I live every day. If I can make you laugh, I can be your homie or whatever. And I know that. But what I'm saying is, even at the point that I can make you or some random person that I come encounter with laugh, I don't have to say something that by any other person's view is unacceptable. It's like, oh, that was funny. Like, oh, he said this or he did that or whatever. Like, and I'm not knocking him. Whatever. He's successful. Obviously, he's found a niche and he's found a way to make himself be successful. I just, I don't know, man. Mm. But I, I don't think that jokes, comments, or anything like that, that can be received by a broad range of people. If it can be received by your know, inner circle or whoever you're dealing with, and it's like, oh, wow, that was kind of off the chain, but it's funny. Whatever, that's your business. But when it's received by a broad range of people, even for the people who are offended, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be so offended or whatever, but you are on a higher platform. And being on that platform, you got to be mindful that somebody could potentially feel some kind of way about what the hell of you course, just said. Of course, you did. can't though. As an artist, you cannot police yourself like that because it will be the death to comedy. If, <coughs> if you start worrying about, ooh, I'm going to step on these person's toes if I tell this joke. No, if you have a good heart, you should be able to tell a joke without. Yeah, some people aren't going to like it, and that's part of it, right? But 
those people I don't think should try and go make that person lose their job or or try to shut them up because that's the end of free speech, you know? It's like they're you're going you have to as a comedian, I write jokes. I I try to make people laugh every single day. But I'm not I'm not telling jokes, you know, that I don't think are funny. I'm telling the jokes that I think are funny. I don't tell many racist jokes or or race jokes you know but that's because i don't my brain doesn't work that way that's not something that i that i noticed by it he's half mexican he grew up in mexico and then moved here to boston which is also another very racist city in the north so i've heard um so he's probably dealt with race a lot you know he's a ginger that's half mexican that looks white and uh so he probably looks through life through a lens of race somewhat. So he's going to tell race jokes just like um, just like Dave Chappelle, you know, just like a lot of comedians because they experience race and that's how they interpret the world, you know. Yeah, I mean, we agree to disagree well. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because <laughs> I watched a uh, a clip a couple of days ago on Good, Good Morning America or the Today Show or whatever. And a young lady, Rachel Dolezal, which she's changed her name What's now. Name? Rachel Dolezal. Mm. We don't know what her name is now. <laughs> but she changed her name. And she was in a bad place about how life has been since the situation she's had has erupted. What was her situation? And the situation she had was that she was a representative, like a leading force representative of the NAACP in uh, Seattle, in Washington. Was it, the, was it the girl that was pretending to be black? Yeah, like for whatever <laughs> reason, she was an African-American woman. And when was everything boiled down, she was not black. <laughs> okay. Her mama wasn't black and her damn daddy wasn't black. <laughs> and they came out and they was she like, She was black yeah, in spirit? She our baby. That's <laughs> our, I'm the pappy. <laughs> and so it became a big thing. And uh, she was saying, you know, since all that has happened, she can't find work. She, she can find work now, which is a result of her changing her name. Which she wouldn't tell ABC what her damn name was. Oh, really? She changed the name <laughs> and stuff. And so, That's but funny. before doing that, she ran into so many hardships and so much, you know, bad things that happened. Online to her. bullying, probably. And to me, I tip my hat off to you, baby. I ain't never met nobody who wasn't black and was claiming to be black. <laughs> I done met some people who wasn't black. I mean, who was black and was claiming to be something other than black. But I ain't never met nobody who was like, yeah, I'm black. So, right on. Join the struggle, baby girl. But um, just interesting to me how much people care about that type of stuff. Because, I mean, whatever you want to be, go ahead and be. That ain't that ain't for me to say, yes, you are, no, you ain't. That's for me to be like, oh, that's what you chose to be. Go ahead and live in it, you know. But... People like well, she but really at the end of the day, about that. yeah. But at the end of the day, what if I was like, I am a black woman. I got, I'm part of the black struggle. You would be offended by that. No, I mean, no. I would be like, you know, again, 
as conscious as you are about what you know to be that situation, if that's what you want to take on, then you know, let's 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 join this struggle together. You know, <laughs> or, you know what you could potentially be in yourself into, and if you consciously <laughs> want to walk in and get yourself into that, then all right, let's do it or whatever. But I think I think I would have more of a problem with a person who was one thing and claim to not be that thing that they were, as opposed to somebody who wasn't something but were claiming to be that or whatever. So if she, on the other hand, if she was a black woman, but for whatever reason, she was like, oh, no, I'm Hispanic or I'm Asian or something like that. Nah, baby girl, all day, every day, you black. (laughs) Chill out. What is your problem, you know? At the point that you want to take on what we know to be the situations we have as being black people, I don't understand it at all, but if that's what you want to do, you know, I mean, thanks or welcome <laughs> yeah. or I don't know, but, you know, hey. Do what you got to do. Let's go and do what we got to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. uh, in other news, let's run down the sports real quick. Um, so Romo retired. How do you feel about that? I feel yeah. like. That's my quarterback. He should have. I feel like it was a good good idea. I feel like Jerry influenced it, but I feel like it was a good idea because I like Romo. Romo went to Eastern Illinois yeah. University, which is one of my rivalry schools. Shout out SIU Salukis. But um, I feel like he was only, you know, banging himself up and getting banged up left and right while he was playing. And God forbid the next, you know, hit that he got with something that was going to paralyze him for the rest of his life or even take him out or something. So, you know, if you can get some money by commentating shit, go ahead and get your commentator on, brother, you know. Right, yeah. I, man, that's my quarterback. That's all I got to say. He will be missed. Um, part of the Dallas Nation, I know we're going to miss him. He's what I grew up as. He, he is, you know, the number one cowboy in my heart. <laughs> Uh, it's sad to see him go, but he is like Mr. Glass. He needs to sit his ass on the sidelines and just start collecting those broadcasting checks. And it's uh, the same thing with D. Rose. D. Rose hurt. He hurt again? And another Illinois native or whatever. Yeah, he, D. Rose. And what are they Dam, putting in that water? Exactly. <laughs> hey, we putting that greatness in that water. <laughs> but he hurt himself. I'll be drinking some milk there. And I feel the same thing about him. We drink Silk Milk. Shout out to uh, Silk, by the way. <laughs> but um, the point you keep banging yourself up, then just go and sit down, man. Like, hopefully you made some right decisions with the type of ways that you've invested your money and it can pay out for you in the long run. But the last thing you need is that last thing for D-Rose that's going to blow your knee out and then you can't walk no more. So, right. you know, you're in a yeah. wheelchair or something. I hate that for those guys because both of them were two of the greats that would go down as being great. Oh, I don't know about D. Rose. Yeah, D. Rose would be a He great. had a good season. He'd be a great. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, we, we don't want to find out one way or another, you know. So, like, I mean, hopefully he's revived and he can come back. But if not, like, you had a good run, homeboy. Yeah. You know? There's no shame in taking care of your body. What do you think about that loser Romo, though? Yeah. Oh, man. I felt like he should have been on a better team than the Cowboys, and he would have won some some championship. He Say he what? had like he had like the third best, third or fourth best uh, passer rating of all time, behind like Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and 
Tom Brady or something like that. Like yeah. he's he's a legit quarterback that never really truly shined. Uh, uh, partly was because he messed up in the playoffs, but um, he had to carry a fuck ton of the Cowboys' weight, and he just couldn't do him by himself. Unfortunately, our team wasn't uh, built for a championship any of the years that he uh, that he was the quarterback for it. And unfortunately, the year that he probably could have made it to the super bowl he got hurt in the preseason <laughs> he played like one play and then got hurt so i mean ultimately you know he's a good quarterback kind of like dan marino where he just never got a shot for the championship um and then also saw uh marshawn lynch maybe talking about coming back yeah i was happy to hear that because i feel like he wasn't done when he got done like I tip my hat off to him because he's like, you know, I'm nobody's role model, and it's not my job to try to be nobody's role model. And if it results in me retiring, then that's what I do. But we all know, you know, he's from the Oakland area, and he got mad love for him. So if he can do anything to bring some money to the city. Are they in Vegas yet? Well, I heard that it's official that they're going to Vegas, and it'll probably be about two years or so. Oh, okay. Before so they officially like, make the move, they're not going to be there in the next season. Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah, that'd be play, cool if he could go play in Oakland. Yeah. While while they're still there, that would be really cool of him. I'm all about that. I'm man, sure he's bro. still a great running back. I really wish he wouldn't have. I mean, I really don't care, but uh, it was sad to see him go because he was pretty great. His, yeah. His press conferences were epic. I, I, I just respected him so much because he was like, yeah, I'm not a role model. I'm not going to be nobody's role model. That's not my job or goal. I'm here so I won't get fired. And if I can count the amount of times I heard that said or saw those memes or whatever, like, that dude would be even richer than what he is. Or I'm just but, here so I don't get fined. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know. That ain't my job. I'm here to play my sport. Just like I'm here every day to go to my job. I'm not here to be a role model. I'm here to do my job. So... And baseball's back. Let's go, Rangers. Let's go, Cards. What's up, Cards? Hopefully, Rangers, uh, we make it to the ship this year. I know we got a good team. <laughs> we'll see. We'll be talking about that maybe a little later in the season. But, uh, yeah, I think that's we covered about everything. Is there anything else you want to touch on? No, I think that's it, guys. You know, we, we had to give you a good one this time for – Making up for last time, and like we said earlier, if anything that y'all see, agree, disagree, want to talk more about, definitely shoot us an email, check out one of our social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and let us know, and we're more than willing to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, what's our email? The, S- the, the SF Podcast at gmail.com. And we're working on a website right now, and uh, we're working on bringing some sponsors on. So if, if you're listening and you work for a company, go ahead and holler at us because we're trying holler to. Holler at your boy! We're trying to sell out and <laughs> make a little dough from this too. But hey, uh, again, this is Matty P. Ronnie G. Take it easy, guys. Right, Much peace. love. <laughs>